Hello and welcome back. Come sit for a spell and join me around the cauldron for this sometimes rambly, sometimes educational podcast hosted by me, Megan, an everyday modern witch. Today's episode comes at the end of February, the month of love, romance, and discount chocolate after the 14th. Today, I'm going to share my opinions on the self-care movement within witchcraft and spiritual spaces. But first, a shout out to my wonderful cauldron collectors. Thank you for choosing to support my work. Thank you to Rose, Gordon, Meredith, Laura, Angela, Marsha, and Brittany. If you'd like to become a cauldron collector and support my work here, you can find more information for that at roundthecauldron.com. So, what is self-care? Before we talk about self-care and witchcraft, we have to really talk about self-care in general. I like to think of self-care as burnout prevention and literally caring for myself. But just with anything else, self-care has a dictionary definition and a psychological explanation. So let's look at those. The dictionary has two definitions for self-care. These are, quote, the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health, and, quote, the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. And it sounds pretty straightforward, right? Psychology Today gives us a more broad explanation. It says this, Self-care is a multidimensional way to consciously engage in activities that promote healthy functioning. It's about taking time away from your normal daily commitments and activities to take care of yourself. An analysis published on NIH, the National Institute for Health, adds a bit more to this. They say that they were able to create a clarified definition of self-care using multiple sources, definitions, and examples. This analysis on NIH says that self-care is, quote, the ability to care for oneself through awareness, self-control, and self-reliance in order to achieve, maintain, or promote optimal, optimal health and well-being. Looking at these two definitions, we can see that self-care sounds pretty easy. Take care of yourself, do the things you enjoy, make time for yourself, take breaks when you get stressed, etc. But I don't think it's that simple, and many people would agree with me, my own therapist included. I've had conversations with her about burnout, self-care, and starting the day in an elevated mood or state of mind for the sake of avoiding the eventual overwhelming feeling I'll get later in the day. I guess it's also worth mentioning that sometimes you'll need the help of a professional, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you have a mental health professional that you work with, a therapist, counselor, psychiatrist, or whatever, then bring some of these ideas to them too. See if they maybe have more information for you um, or other ways you can incorporate self-care into your routine that they think might help you. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting off track. At its core, self-care is doing the hard things. It's kind of like shadow work in that respect where it's, it's doing the hard things. It's digging deep into who you are, the things that trigger you, the things that really irritate you for no particular reason. That's shadow work. But on the surface level of shadow work, people think it's 
journal prompts and meditation and kind of analyzing who you are, but not really digging deep into the nitty gritty dark stuff that you would rather not have other people see. But yeah, self-care is doing the hard things. It's setting boundaries. It's creating a schedule and sticking to it. It's doing things that you enjoy every day, not just occasionally. It's doing the things that need to be done. Taking the time you need to feel like a person and enjoy the things that make you happy. You're not just a number. You're not just some cog in the machine of the capitalist society that we live in, regardless of what the corporations would have you think. You are a person. You deserve to feel that personhood. You deserve to feel like you're living for a reason, or at least enjoy the life that you're living. Sometimes self-care means starting your day off with an affirmation and three deep breaths to alleviate stress, especially if you've carried it over from the next day. Sometimes it's taking a bathroom break so you can focus and ground yourself during the day before you get overwhelmed. See, the point of self-care is to do all of these things to maintain yourself, to maintain care of yourself, not to recover from not doing self-care, if that makes sense. So uh, I'm going to equate self-care to car maintenance because as I'm writing my notes for this particular, or as I was writing my notes for this particular episode, my vehicle is in the shop. Um, So yes, self-care is like getting an oil change. You do this regularly to maintain the health of your vehicle. Right, You've got to get an oil change every so many miles or every so many months to help maintain the care of your engine. If you don't get regular oil changes, you can end up with bigger problems like sludge buildup. Sludge buildup is an engine killer, and it can lead to things like overheating and blown head gaskets. Now, the same thing applies with self-care. Self-care is your maintenance. It's your oil change. If you don't do self-care, you're going to end up overheating yourself. So working too hard and overwhelming yourself. Leading to a blown head gasket or, in better terms, a breakdown in one way or another. Whatever this tends to look like for you. But now that I've got the definitions out of the way and a weird analogy between peoples and cars, I want to talk about what I think self-care isn't. Because there's a lot of information out there about self-care that I don't necessarily agree with. But remember, I'm, I'm not a mental health or psychological professional. This is all based solely on my opinion. And don't worry, I'm, I'm going to get to how this connects back to witchcraft. But we've got to make it through these things first. So please stick with me. And when I say that there's a lot of information out there about self-care that I don't necessarily agree with, I'm talking about those listicles and five things you can do to take care of yourself today, make yourself feel better, and ten things to do to recover from burnout. A lot of those things are regurgitated, simple things that people equate with self-care. Bubble baths, um, meditation, taking a few minutes to yourself 
they don't tend to have the difficult things on there like setting boundaries and healing the parts of yourself that make you think you have to work extra hard for nothing. Self-care isn't a one-size-fits-all concept. And so that's why I think a lot of those things online, they really don't cover all of the bases. They're kind of clickbait to get you to read their stuff, but also it doesn't really help you in the long run because you don't really see what actual self-care is. You just see these watered-down versions of what self-care could look like when you do it on a regular basis. So, like I said, self-care isn't a one-size-fits-all concept. What works for one person isn't going to work for another person. This is why I think a lot of those lists online of self-care ideas or routines, as I mentioned, um, they should be used as guides rather than taken exactly as they are. One person might not be able to take a bubble bath with candles and music once a week. Some person, someone might. And that could be a beneficial part of someone's self-care routine. But the point there is routine. Self-care isn't about indulging or avoiding responsibilities. When used correctly, when practiced correctly, self-care should help you with your, responsibil- with your responsibilities. And it shouldn't feel like you need to indulge in anything. You shouldn't feel so starved for what you're doing that you take it to an extreme. Everything should be taken in moderation. And indulging and avoiding responsibilities doesn't help anybody at all. It can hurt you. It can hurt your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Self-care is not about treating yourself with material items or even by numbing your feelings. Buying unnecessary things to fill that void in your life, no matter what that void is caused by, is not a healthy way to cope. It can make you feel better in the moment, but ultimately it doesn't help you at all. It's just another way to avoid your feelings or responsibilities. In the spiritual aspect, we see this happen a lot with spiritual bypass, where people will use spiritual tools, activities, and topics to avoid their lives or sweep their emotions under the rug. And again, this isn't healthy, and it should definitely be avoided. It reminds me of a TikTok that I created a while ago. Um, I did it on purpose, and I knew it was going to grab attention in the beginning of the video, but I started it off like... Um, something about like, hey, do you want to hear the ultimate crystal to help cure your depression and anxiety? And then I was like, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. Because avoiding our responsibilities, avoiding our emotions and the way that we feel by holding onto crystals and spell jars and incense and herbs and kind of of avoiding. How many times am I going to say avoiding in this episode? Somebody keep, somebody keep track. (laughs) But like taking all of these things and using them and hoping that those are going to take care of all of our problems isn't a healthy coping mechanism. Sure, these things can help and we'll get to the part where witchcraft and spirituality can help our self-care routine and help us feel better, but it's, it shouldn't be the only thing that we rely on. And buying crystal after crystal after crystal, just picking on crystals here, for example, isn't healthy. 
you're going to end up with a massive amount of crystals. You're going to end up spending way too much money and you're going to still be in the same boat as you were before unless you do the inner work and not rely on those external objects and tools that are supposed to help you as well. Self-care is also not about being selfish or neglecting your responsibilities. When self-care is done properly, it can be a really good addition to a routine for someone that's actively caring for others. For myself as a mom and a partner, I know that if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to take care of my responsibilities. I'm not going to want to cook dinner for my family. I'm not going to want to do the laundry. I mean, nobody wants to do laundry, but hopefully you understand what I mean. When I'm happy, well taken care of, and respected by myself and others, I'm much more able and willing to do my part of whatever I have to do. And the important part there is respected by myself. If I don't respect myself because I haven't taken the time to cultivate my confidence and my self-respect and my, my love for myself, I'm just going to be miserable. And this is something, like, I'm not good at this. I don't want anybody to get the impression that I am good at self-care. I am terrible at self-care. I am a people pleaser. I will always make sure everyone else is taken care of before I am. But here I am in my 30s learning how to do it right. Learning that I have to be taken care of too. That when I am happy and healthy, I am more able to take care of the people that I love. Because I enjoy doing that. That's just part of who I am. I take care of the people that I love. But if I don't love myself, I'm not taking care of myself. And if I'm not taking care of myself, it makes it more difficult for me to take care of others. Now, I don't want anybody to get the impression that you have to take care of others. This is solely specific to myself and how I am. But it brings it back to your responsibilities. When you're happy, healthy, and respected by yourself and others, you can do the things that you're supposed to be doing. You're, you can handle your responsibilities much better. Now, despite what many lists will say online, self-care isn't about random bubble baths. It's not about candlelit reading sessions. It's not about walks in nature. Okay, I mean, it can be, but not in the way that people usually talk about it. So a lot of people usually leave self-care until when they absolutely need it. But if you only do self-care when you absolutely need it, it's, it's no longer about self-care. It's about recovery. It's about surviving. It's not about caring for yourself. When you do self-care at the last minute, I, working in a hospital, this analogy just comes to my mind. Um, I don't currently work in a hospital, but I have. That's besides the point. Um, the analogy comes to my mind. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Like, it might work for a second, but if you don't take care of the underlying problem, you're only helping temporarily. Self-care shouldn't be done only when you've hit the point of overwhelm or depression. Self-care should be a regular part of your routine so that you can avoid getting to the bottom of your proverbial well of energy and running yourself dry. 
Now, as witches and magical people, I find that we tend to have a better connection with ourselves, um, like energy-wise, and and we're more connected to our own energy, usually. Not always, but usually. We tend to know what we need better, and we're more attuned to ourselves, ourselves, and the outer world, what's going on around us. So a lot of our self-care routines will usually be more spiritual in nature, more witchy. And it doesn't matter if you view witchcraft through an energy lens or through the psychological model. I think it can still benefit our lives to bring our self-care into our witchcraft practice. Or rather, flip that around, bring our witchcraft into our self-care practice. Now, I mentioned before that self-care isn't spiritual bypass. So I should probably explain what spiritual bypass is if you don't already know. Wikipedia says that spiritual bypass is, quote, a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. And you know, I don't really disagree with this definition. And an example of this would be like someone choosing to meditate and dismiss their anger rather than deal with the thing that's causing the anger. Pushing the emotion away only serves to push it further down so it can fester, grow bigger, and eventually blow up. And the same thing can happen with witchcraft and using spells and magical practices to deal with our issues and push them away. While witchcraft can definitely help our self-care practices, it can't replace the need for self-care. I don't know how many anti-anxiety, anti-depression, self-care bubble bath spells I've seen online. And I'll be honest, I've written at least one myself. But like I said before, doing these spells and practices without dealing with the root cause of the issue, like mental health concerns, stress, anxiety, whatever it is that you've got going on, it just serves to make you feel temporarily better. And it, even if it works really well every time you do it, like I said, it's it's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. It'll stop it for a second, but eventually it's just going to come back at you full force. And since most of us magical people tend to have some sort of daily, weekly, or monthly routine, there are ways that we can incorporate our witchcraft and self-care practices to actually benefit us rather than brush our concerns under the rug or only deal with them temporarily. These routines can be helpful, healing, and extremely beneficial to our mental and spiritual well-being when they're done on a regular basis and not just when we feel like we're on the verge of breaking down. Because at its core, Self-care is about taking care of ourselves so we don't reach that point. Once you reach that point, it becomes more about recovering rather than maintenance. It's more about repairing the damage rather than taking care of it so it doesn't get damaged. Now, witchcraft can be an empowering tool for self-care. Learning about different techniques like tarot and runes, it can help you learn about yourself. You can connect with the universe or deities or spirit or whatever you believe. And it can also help open you up to new possibilities. There's a lot to be said about divination, especially tarot, in my opinion, as a tool for self-evaluation and growth. 
I mean, this could even connect back to oracle cards because I feel like they tend to be more intuitive. But we can easily look at themes in the cards, see what our first thoughts are, and analyze those to help us grow and understand ourselves better. One way that I incorporate my practice into my self-care is through a morning ritual. Now, I don't mean ritual in terms of casting a circle and getting ceremonial with my morning. I literally mean ritual in terms of doing the same thing every day to start my day off on the right foot. My morning ritual is very simple. I wake up and stretch, I make my coffee, I do some meditation, and I pull an oracle card or a tarot card for the day. Then I take time to journal and write about the card I pulled, what it means, and anything else I have on my mind. While this isn't necessarily a spell or witchcraft for everyone, the act of repeating these steps every morning and connecting it all back to my spiritual practice is what's important. It helps me start my day off right so that when things go quote-unquote wrong, as they always do, I'm not as affected by them as I would have been a few months ago before I started building my self-care routine. And for many people, myself included, their witchcraft is inherently tied to their identity. I know for myself, I am a witch every single day of the week. Not just on Tuesdays, not just on Thursdays, every single day. While I may not cast spells every single day, that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm a witch. Having my beliefs and practices held so close to my heart, doing something small that benefits me and my practice every day does amazing things for my mental health. And when my mental health is taken care of, that is self-care. So since this entire episode is about witchcraft and self-care, I figured I better give everybody some ideas for how to incorporate their practice into their daily self-care routine. Now keep in mind that you don't have to do all of these or even a few of them. These are just ideas, a guideline for you to use in case you can't think of anything to do on your own. If there's one thing that you do that really brings you joy and cares for your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, then you should definitely do that on a regular basis. The first idea I have is to create a spell book specifically for your favorite meditations, mantras, and affirmations. It doesn't have to be anything big, and it can definitely be digital since, you know, we all carry around a phone with us that usually has some type of notes app on it. Keep it with you or at home, whichever you choose, but I personally would bring it with me everywhere because it's more beneficial that way. But it can serve as a way to cope when you're stressed or overwhelmed and you can't think of anything to do. Personally, I have trouble remembering to use my coping skills when I become too stressed or overwhelmed. So having a list of things to choose from already created is really, really helpful for me. And creating the spell book in general can be a good therapeutic activity too. It can help you figure out what you need and what you enjoy. You can include things like a grounding meditation and visualization if that's important to you. Um, I know there's a really popular one of a tree growing its roots down into the earth. If you like to draw or create visual art, you can include that in your book too. Mantras and affirmations are good to include to give you a phrase to repeat when you're doing some deep breathing. 
And affirmations can be included for daily repetition in the shower or in front of your mirror as you're getting ready. And remember, these affirmations should be said in the present tense. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to work. Affirmations should be said in the present tense in order to have that positive effect on your subconscious and your spiritual body that you want to have. Include affirmations like, I am strong and powerful. I hold my boundaries firmly. I am deserving of love and respect. I am grounded and shielded from the energies of others. Or, you know, any other affirmation that you find powerful and useful. If oils, herbs, and crystals are your thing, put together a self-care kit complete with a ritual. One idea I have is to create an evening routine this way. Get a nice little pouch or bag and include a crystal like amethyst, and you can include any oils or herbs that promote a calm feeling, um, that promote stress relief and restful sleep. As you get ready for bed, take a few minutes to apply your relaxing oil and hold the crystal in your hand. Take a few deep breaths and really focus on meditating and releasing the stress of the day. You've got to complete that stress cycle for there to be any closure. And doing this is a good way to bring that closure to your day so you don't carry the stress from one day to the next. You can take this a step further by lighting some incense and even casting a sleep time circle if that's something you like to do. This next one should be fairly easy for just about everyone to incorporate into their practice. Everyone has to shower, right? Or clean themselves in one way or another. Turn your shower or bath time into a daily mini cleansing ritual. Charm your bath products ahead of time with whatever intention you'd like. For example, you can charm your face wash with some glamour magic to help you be seen the way you want to be seen or not seen. Create sigils and charge your shampoo to help you avoid rumination or intrusive thoughts. The key word here is help because you have to take the mundane action too, you know. You can, you can charge your body wash or soap with shielding energy that, as you wash your skin, you're creating an energetic shield for the day. Bonus points if you choose scents or herbs that correspond with your intention. There's so much you can do with a bath ritual that this is literally a basic ritual idea that I've given you here. Let the water wash away lingering worries or stress, and let your charged and spelled products do the rest of the magical work. Self-care often includes working toward our goals, no matter what they are. When we have the space, both physically and mentally, to work towards something we care about, we tend to be happier and healthier. One way to incorporate witchcraft into your goal planning and following is by creating a vision board. I know, I know, vision boards, oh, law of attraction, oh, manifestation. Don't worry, I'm not really big on vision boards myself, um, you know. I'll tell you right now that vision boards don't personally work for me. I don't have an interest in them, so they're just kind of like, meh, they're there. I also tend to have a really abstract idea of what I want to get out of life. I don't usually have very set specific goals, I think. They tend to revolve around having a happy, healthy, well-rounded family. And on the road to having that, really, the goals are going to depend daily. But creating a vision board for your goals for your future can be a really good visualization practice if that's something that you enjoy. Bex from The Witch's Cookery has created several vision boards over the course of her YouTube channel. And if you're interested in vision boards, I think you should really check them out. Um, 
I'll leave links for those videos in the description and in the show notes. Because um, I know she's also done videos, I believe, uh, reviewing her vision boards from the previous year and showing what she manifested and what she didn't. But anyway, I think she's a better person to speak about vision boards. So again, I highly recommend watching her videos about them. Now, the one thing that I personally recommend, and I already kind of mentioned it before, is to create a morning ritual. I prefer to do these in the morning because it helps me keep my day on the right track. If I don't do this in the morning, I can really tell throughout the rest of the day. Um, it has a really big effect on my mental health and even on my spiritual practice. Your morning routine can be whatever you need it to be, and that's the important part. Self-care should be what you need, not what you think you want or what you think will help you. I mean, it's, it's always great when what you need is also what you want, but sometimes it doesn't match up that way. Anyway, a morning ritual will look different for every person. Some people, like myself, like to have coffee every morning, while others drink tea or water. Some people don't have a divination practice, while others do. Build your morning ritual out of the things that you enjoy so that you can start your day off in an elevated state of mind and spirit. My morning ritual of coffee, meditation, and divination has helped me connect deeper with myself, um, figure out some of my triggers, and avoid things like stress accumulation. It's also helped me connect back with my practice and my deity work, and this is something that I've been doing for a couple of weeks at this point. It's a long road to healing for me because I'm in a state of burnout recovery rather than self-care, but it's, it's going all right. It's going good. And I'm happy with the way that I'm progressing so far. Now, a few more quick ideas for witchcraft and self-care, including writing letters to yourself, expressing love and gratitude. This one would be difficult for me. It's very hard for me to do affirmations or express gratitude for myself. But when I put it in a ritual context and I include my spiritual practice into it, it becomes a little easier. Um, you can also write what my therapist calls a fuck you letter. And, and in fact, I wrote one of these recently and I shared the clip of the letter burning to, um, I think, Instagram, Instagram and YouTube, maybe TikTok. I don't remember. But it's a form of banishing ritual that can be used both magically and psychologically. So if you feel anything building up that needs to be released... Don't hold on to it. Burn it away and incorporate the element of fire, herbs if you want, sigils if you want, and incantations if you find those helpful. Then you release the cooled ashes on the wind while you release the pent-up energy from the situations or the emotions that you've been holding on to from the situation. You can connect with the moon or sun cycles to help you with your self-care practice. A few years ago, I used to start my day with a sun salutation and a prayer. It was a simple exercise for me to do when I got out of bed, um, and it really helped me connect with the energy of the sun. I've been thinking about bringing that back, minus the prayer. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't decided yet. That was, that was many, many years ago before I even started the podcast or my YouTube channel. I would also do something similar as I went to bed to really sort of wind down and say goodnight um, before I went to sleep, if that makes sense. You can also use the moon phases as a sort of check-in for your self-care routine too. The full moon can be about doing something empowering. The new moon can be about reevaluating what your self-care needs are. 
the waxing moon can be self-care and manifestation, and the waning moon can be self-care and release. That part's really up to you and how you view the moon phases, but I'm pretty sure that if you connect with the moon and you use moon magic, you can find a way to incorporate the cycle of the moon and the moon's phases into your self-care routine. So all in all, there are so many ways that you can incorporate witchcraft into your self-care routine. Spell jars used with therapy, journaling used within a ritual, and sacred bath time used as a cleansing ritual are just, just a handful of ideas to get you started. Now, as I said before, um, or I think I said it, witchcraft can definitely help with your self-care routine and recovery from burnout, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you do. You can't charge your lip balm to help you hold your boundaries if you don't then create the boundaries that you want to hold, you know? And these are just a couple ideas. The sky is literally the limit. And since everyone's practices look different, what I do may not work for you or anyone else. What's important is that you start thinking about how you use your witchcraft to help, your, to help you care for yourself. There has to be care on all sides, not just the magical one. And with that, let's go ahead and pull our Oracle card for the month of March. I can't believe that it's already March. So I'm gonna go ahead, shuffle three times and we'll see what card we pull. And we pull the path. I think this is a really great card to pull for the month of March and also for this topic in general. The path is really about analyzing the road that you're on. Are you on the right path for your goals and the things that you want to do? Are you making too many pit stops along the path for other people and you're not really serving yourself or caring for yourself? Are you taking breaks along your path to check in and make sure that you're still happy and healthy? Again, I think this is a wonderful card to pull as a reminder for the fact that self-care is a journey. There's not really a destination, just like witchcraft. It's all about the road, not the ending. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Leave a review if you can. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and newsletter. You should definitely subscribe to the newsletter if you're interested in seeing the things that I'm doing outside of YouTube or the podcast. I do also have a blog, I have a shop, I've got some projects in the works, and my newsletter is how I keep everybody updated that wants to stay updated. If you're interested in joining me as a cauldron collector, you can find that information in the description and in the show notes. If you're interested in joining a community of like-minded individuals, somewhere that you can talk about witchcraft and polytheism, then feel free to join my Discord server at the link below. And again, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Bye!